and welcome to 256 Daily, the show that brings you up to speed with all things that went down in daily print newspaper. Don't miss exclusive commentaries from our seasoned analysts as they break down the headlines in current affairs, politics, business, and all things making round in mainstream media. Available only on Cool Bar Podcast via Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and every podcast platform. The 256 Daily. Start your day and stay in the know. Hi there, welcome to the 256 Daily and I hope you had yourself a wonderful weekend and you are starting off this week on a good note. This is the show where we give you a summary of what's making rounds in different media spaces and these are the stories that are curated by us and summarized and squeezed down into different details to help you know what's happening around you as quickly and fast as possible as well as getting them conveniently so you can always just listen in during your commute or while you're jogging or just doing anything you're doing so we are very glad that you are here for those who are always with us thank you very much for those who are here for the first time don't forget to give us that five star rating from apple podcasts and also don't forget to share with your friends such that they are already starting off their day in the know without further ado i'm gonna start today's episode with a story which says police sets up covid19 rules enforcement so this story started developing after a press conference held by state minister for internal affairs that would be obiga kanya so he's concerned about the opposition candidates flouting the rules pointing figures at Chagulani and Amriat. However, you should all remember that uh, the NRM also holds processions. As a matter of fact, there was kind of a parallel rally that was held in Iganga, and you had the opposition getting tear gassed. That was Patrick Amriat Oboy was in Iganga, and he was brutally tear gassed. And at the same time, independent candidate who leans NRM, Panado, he goes by the name Panado, but I think he's called Mugema. He had his supporters running around in yellow, but the police was just folding its hands and looking on and just cheerleading them. So this is just clear for everyone to see that when it comes to enforcing COVID-19 guidelines, the police is partisan. We cannot deny that they are partisan, but we hope that everything will be uh, coming into place and they will take on the mantle and take on the responsibility of enforcing law and order and protecting people and property rather than engaging in partisan politics. So as of today, uh, they last recorded the cases uh, on Friday and Uganda has 22,188 cases of COVID-19 with 206 deaths. So as of Tuesday last week, no more deaths were recorded and we thank the good Lord for that. And also uh, about around 9,117 people have recovered from the disease. So that means that the recovery rate stands at about 50% or 48%. So we hope that uh, the rest of the people from the 22,188 also get recovered fully and may the good Lord extend his healing hand upon them. So you should also remember that the candidates are supposed to sign a memorandum of understanding committing to enforcing and respecting the COVID-19 rules, but this has not yet been effected, although it was announced by the Electoral Commission. The Electoral Commission is also trying to hold meetings between presidential candidates and top brass from different security agencies. So this includes those coming from the Uganda police, the UPDF, anyone that is tasked with uh, enforcing law and order and also providing security. They want to talk to them. And in this meeting, it's going to be uh, bringing together the opposition 
opposition candidates and also the top brass from the different security agencies to hear out their grievances such that they can come to a common ground and agree on how they should proceed going forward. And uh, we also have another story here which says Kadaga predicts NRM will lose 2021 election. So this is actually very interesting uh, but at the NRM delegates conference held in Kamuli at the Kamuli Youth Center, President Museveni chaired the delegates conference and a lot of legislators from the Busoga region, specifically from Kamuli and Buyende districts were available during that uh, delegates conference and uh, I will quote so Kadaga in how I quote what she said, she said we need to play an active role in the leadership of the country, tell the people to vote for the bus, we don't want a rerun, we want a decisive win. So as a matter of fact that she's contemplating a rerun, it simply shows you how uh, probably the NRM is scared during this election because as you can see by the time uh, a top person within the party ranks is confessing that there is a possibility of a rerun and you should all remember that a rerun happens if the incumbent doesn't get 51% of the vote and in the same time you've all been hearing stories going around that Museveni fell out with Kadaga and all that and Museveni during this uh, delegates conference he said he has no problem with Kadaga and this stems from uh, Kadaga facing a serious competitor for the first time for her seat so the MP woman MP seat for Kamuli is also being contested by FDC Vice President Salam Musumba and we all know she's a prominent politician who has been on the scene for quite some time spanning over 25 years or 20 years so she is really putting up serious contests and giving her a run for her money and a lot of rumors have been circulating that uh, Museveni is the one financing her campaigns and the, the others are saying the mafia in quotes we always hear the mafia but even the presidential spokesperson himself who also turned uh, a supporter and a defender of what whatever the president said that would be Tamale Milundi he never really comes out to reveal the identity of these so-called mafias so maybe it is just uh, a trick to try and always shift the blame away from the president we don't know that but anyway that's politics and it's how they play so uh, basically in this you can see that Salam Musumba is trying to rally the people behind her and she's saying well this is supposed to be a seat for affirmative action but the speaker has held has held on to this seat with a firm grip and since I'm the only person who has the ability to try and shake things up let me go and challenge her for this seat you should all be aware that uh, during this period if by May we do not have a duly elected president, the Speaker of Parliament is supposed to take over from the head of state. So the Speaker of Parliament becomes the de facto head of state if by that time a new president is supposed to be sworn in, they are not sworn in. So if you try to connect all the dots, I mean, it, it shows you that there could be motive as to why Museveni could fight Kadaga because, I mean, she has been in the party ranks, she has all the support, she has the confidence of most of the people, so she could actually give Museveni a run for his money should there be any situation that by May next year he's not fully sworn in then she would be the next in line so if, she, if he thinks that he's paranoid that she could grab the power from him so he has all reason to try and put up a strong contender right there so uh, this is how the story developed and these are the revelations that speaker Rebecca Kadaga made but we all hope that uh, everything turns out to be a peaceful process however if you're out there please mark your calendar January 
January 14th, get your national ID, go and carry out your civic duty and vote for the candidate of choice. And going on here, we also have another story which says 2021 general election projected to have 66% voter turnout. So this was a polling done by the Arlington-based uh, US polling firm, which is called International Foundation for Electro Systems. And uh, it was polled from the period of October 28th to November 6th. About 1,000 people were polled from four geographical regions. And from this polling, uh, they revealed quite some interesting statistics. So according to the polling, they say that 60% of Ugandans are worried about violence during the elections with youth, political party members, activists, minorities, and journalists having the highest risk of facing this violence. So voter turn-up is also projected to be 66%, and this will be a reduction as compared to last year, which stood at 67.6% in the 2016 election. And also from the people who were polled, when they were asked why they think they will not show up, most of them said, well, we don't really see the elections doing anything. I mean, we always do the same thing, and you can't do the same thing and expect different results. So that uh, it showed you like the disappointment of the people who were polled, but that's their personal opinions, not the opinion of everybody. So this is just the research that was done. And also in this, they said there is a lot of inadequate voter information, which led to 29,005 votes being cast invalid in the previously concluded 2016 election. And the Electoral Commission spokesperson, uh, that would be Bukenya, Paul Bukenya, he said he could not comment on this research since he had not read the report. And you should also remember that uh, the voter turnout will also also be the least. It's it's at the lowest levels when it comes to northern Uganda. So probably because the region was ravaged by war and maybe a lot of people were displaced. So you can see that there is a disconnect from the government programs and following what's going on. So there is a huge gap when it comes to the northern region that people don't actually turn up as much as people in other regions do. But uh, wherever you are, don't forget January 14th, go and vote for your candidate of choice. You have a variety of eleven candidates and pick what you feel at heart. Uh, it rhymes with what you believe in, with the ideologies you believe in, and with the capability of the person you think that will take the country forward. And in our international roundup, we have a story here where George Ware is facing tough test over constitutional change. So you should all know that George Ware, the president of Liberia, was a former footballer from AC Milan and PSG. And when he returned home, he thought his country was in shambles and he thought he would try and help to change a few things here and there. However, uh, during this referendum that's going to be held tomorrow, there is a, a lot of backlash from the opposition. But the details of the referendum basically are to move the presidential term from six years to five years. So he says this is to the benefit of the country. Although most opposition uh, candidates and different players in the opposition camp are saying this is a trick for him to try and prolong his stay in power. So he came in power in 2018 when Liberia had a lot of problems. It had just gone through a civil war from 1989 to 2003 and also gone through an Ebola crisis from 2014 to 2016. So everything was wrong with the country and he came as the savior, the messiah to try and shake things up and change things. But his popularity is dwindling 
dwindling. So uh, the opposition is really concerned that when he changes the term from six years to five years, it simply means that whichever years he had served in the old constitution do not count. So it is just a trick to try and reset the whole system and try to refresh it. And then he will come back and keep arguing that this is the old constitution. I have not yet served my terms in the new constitution. And most of the people are not really realizing this according to the opposition. So you should all remember that Liberia was founded in the 1800s as a free haven for freed slaves. So a lot of slaves in the United States in the 1800s uh, were being sent to Liberia as a land of the free since they didn't really uh, want to... So a lot of people were baffled, like, should we abolish slavery? But then if we abolish slavery, what will we do with these slaves? So they say, we don't want the slaves to integrate into our culture. So we shall just create a new country on the west coast of Africa. And then we shall just ship them there and they will start a new life. So that's how the country of Liberia was founded. So that's all I had for you from today's episode of the 256 Daily. And have yourself a fruitful week, whatever you're doing. Don't forget to give us that uh, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and also share this podcast with anyone who you feel always wants to start their day in the know. I remain your host, Derek, and bye-bye. Get all the coolest content from Kuba. Find all content ranging from politics, technology, sports, entertainment, religion, and much more. Like our Facebook page, Kuba. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Kuba. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Kuba Media. Download our podcast and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget it's Kuba with a K and no spaces. Kuba, informative, captivating, and engaging.